Welcome to the All Kill Cast. We are the planet's number one uh, K-pop podcast. I am your host, Patrick. With me is my co-host, Ariana. Hey. And with me is a very, very special guest. Ooh. And a very, very uh, special guest. The first, uh, my first clinical trial and a little experiment we decided to run. Uh, Jason. Make from our friends listen to podcasts. Make our friends listen. I mean, listen. make our friends listen to K-pop. <laughs> make our friends listen to K-pop and see if they hate it or not. Um... This is Jason from uh, Pool Party Radio and the Blind Podsman. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Thanks uh, for being on with us, Jason. Thanks for being here. You are our first guest. Yeah, thank you. And this is my first brush with this uh, this new iteration of uh, Korean pop music. I was in Korea for like two months um, back in 2008. And, well, like 10 years ago almost. Easy Pete. Okay, that's a long time. Uh, and back then, the only people that I knew of, and I did know of, like, two people going in there, because uh, a friend was prepping me for what to expect. She'd already been on a previous uh, school trip. So she was telling me, like, oh, yeah, some of the musicians you want to know about, there's Boa. So I remember who Boa is. Oh, wow. Yeah, 2008, that was that was before a lot of, the, a lot of these groups timed. Boa was, like... Boa is still kind of considered like the Britney Spears of Japan, too, yeah. or not Japan, Korea. Oh. <laughs> She's pretty popular in Japan, too. So She was pretty popular then. I, I think, I don't think she was like, um, maybe it was like past her like crest of popularity. But anyway, there was another person named MC Mong. Like MC as in MC Master's Ceremonies and Mong was the other one. He was a rapper uh, and it was kind of like pop rap. But he had a a very popular song out at the time. Um, well, two of them. One that was still popular was like Carnival, and the other one was a uh, song about ice cream. Ah, yeah. Big Ice Cream seems to own a lot of stock in K-pop because there's a lot of songs about ice cream. I know. Which one of them we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> um, so, Jason, since uh, I'm going to explain the concept of this whole little thing we're doing. So, I posted on yeah. our uh, our... Um, mutually shared uh shitboard podcast town asking people if they wanted to fill out a survey and be on the show which they would uh they would fill out a survey about what kind of music they like um and we would make a custom tailored playlist between like i don't know 10 20 songs or so depending and then we would have them on and talk about what they thought of these songs and the whole uh premise is that it's people who are not a hundred percent familiar with k-pop which is weird in your case considering you've actually been to korea and we haven't so and we try to base their off of their personality and what we know about them and what their musical tastes are and try to try to really really try hard to, to find something that they might enjoy yeah so to hook them in. do you before we start on our news and stuff do you have any questions about k-pop in general that you want to throw out that maybe we can answer um let me think I know I have a few, none of them come to mind right now. I've been listening to your show and uh, been learning a lot about that scene. Um, I remember like some of the pop groups in Japan that I learned about like back in 2004. I uh, was taking a class in like Japanese and the teacher was talking about culture over there and brought up these pop groups and um, hate to be like an only 90s kid will know this, but growing up in the 90s, there were a lot of pop groups in America, like New Kids on the Block, and um, boy bands mainly was the the hot thing. Uh, yep. 
that was like the late nineties. There were a few. The way that and they mostly consisted of like five members. So when this uh instructor was talking about how like uh different countries in Asia would support these pop groups, these pop idol groups, we're like, Okay, I mean, that sounds familiar and she's like, No, you don't understand. Here's like one pop group. That was ominous. <laughs> It's the monster match. <laughs> that was perfect timing for uh, this ominous declaration of how many people were in a pop group. There was like we're not going to talk about that pop group. <laughs> it's storming here, so sorry for any uh, background noise. But there was like fifty young women in one pop group. And oh, that's AKB48. Yeah, yeah, but that's Japan though. Like the, that wasn't Korea. Um, but when I was in Korea, I didn't. I wasn't aware of those groups, if they existed. Well, at the time I was over there, this is like 2008. Um, but you're saying, like, this is a this is a huge thing now, or at least it's a huge thing that maybe I was ignorant of. It's, it's interesting because, like, you know how we kind of moved away from, like, boy bands and girl bands here in America, and, like, we kind of just went back to soloist singers? Yeah. Imagine if, like, K-pop is essentially, like, sorry, I just nudged Ariana with my knee on accident. Um... K-pop is essentially, like, what would have happened if that didn't happen, and we just kind of... It's like an alternate history to American music. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It, it's like... All right. I was going to say it's like the Nazis winning World War II, but that's completely different. Probably stay away from that. Yeah. Yeah. This ain't the week for that. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's like alternate alternate history of American pop music as if we never got over the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC and that was just kind of what we stuck with and like to this day like there's still you know boy bands like BTS for example is a boy band that just recently like really penetrated the American music market and like it's becoming increasingly more and more common and popular in the United States and especially with like people who really like hip-hop in general um really like k-pop and it, it makes sense because there's, like, a lot of, like, I've never personally had issues with pop music. I was never, like, one of those people. It's like, pop sucks. I only like Nickelback or Slipknot or whatever. I was always pretty cool with pop music. I never really talked shit about, like, the Backstreet Boys or anything like that. I so, still like, only listen to Nickelback. Yeah. Ariana only <clears throat> listens to Nickelback. So, I mean, like, she's actually lying when she talks about any of these songs. <laughs> I, I do keep, like, to figure out how, how like, much the like korean wave has penetrated the u.s i uh i keep trying to like to gauge it on my uh 16 year old sister oh yeah she's like just last week she's just like what is k-pop like when i mentioned it I'm like okay she's not ready yet can we talk about <laughs> it hasn't gotten to the teens yet can we talk cool can teens. we talk about what she referred to lee minho as no we can't um <laughs> <laughs> probably guess uh, there yeah there's a little yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can guess. <laughs> well, um, I, I guess that's probably one of my questions is how did you two get into it? Because I've gotten like uh, a little bit of detail from when you talked about on the show here and from talking to you, Patrick. But was like, was there anything like a moment that you had where you're like, oh, I should really dig into this more? Or was it just kind of like through gradual... Um, exposure to it ariana do you want to go first um mostly gradual i think in like 2012 my friend showed me like a uh, big bang video and um 
So I was like, I was familiar with like K-pop and K-dramas. I was actually more into K-dramas at the time. And then uh, probably maybe like three years ago, uh, my coworker was like, you got to check out like Block B. Like for some reason, like me, like a person who really likes like K-dramas just happened to like start working with someone who's like also obsessed with K-dramas. And so she like kind of like gradually got me more into K-pop. I think that was her master plan. Can I mention something about mutual friend Sean Byron real quick? Yeah. Sean Byron spent $600 to see Big Bang Live. Oh yeah, like they some of these bands travel to California, right? Like yeah. they've been at least there for conventions. I learned that much on my own. Big Bang is, like, I think not even in Asia. I think, like, just the biggest band in the world currently. Yeah, and they, they go to, like, Texas and They Georgia. go everywhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently there's a yeah. huge scene in Texas because I was watching a... I didn't realize that, like, some of these bands had traveled and toured and Crown Pop uh, traveled with... They toured with uh, Lady Gaga a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. And Man, I wish I would have known about that. <laughs> I watched some like some fan video of the uh, Dallas show, and the crowd was just loving it. Hey, sorry, that was Studio Dog. We um, don't need to worry about Studio Dog on this show. We don't have a we don't have such a prestigious audience like the Blind Podsmans. So. Okay. Well, well, yeah, that <laughs> Dallas crow, that Dallas video is uh, the crowd's just loving it, and it's a great response and energy, and they're like tossing up memorabilia up on stage and stuff. I mean, at first I thought, like, oh, this audience is being really nasty, but now they're, like, throwing bracelets and, like, trinkets and stuff to them, and um, the performers are putting them on. Really big. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear that so much in, like, the U.S. stuff, but I uh, definitely in, like, the Korean side. Like, they've got those, their gang, as you put yeah, it, yeah. their fans. Uh, Audrey, they're Audrey C fans. Yeah, yeah, they're all, yeah. like, they're all, like, dads. It's pretty awesome. There must, yeah. As as long as it stays in like a paternal vibe, that's yeah. Fine. It's definitely paternal. That kind of what okay, it is. Because cool. crayon pop is like the least sexualized like girl group. Like I think the skimpiest they've ever got was wearing just like a office uniforms. Dress. Yeah. yeah, like a knee length office uniform was like one of their concepts, and that was it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, so like um, going back to how I got into K-pop, my my coworker was, like, uh, telling me to check out, like, videos and stuff, and she finally, like, recommended uh, Block B's Very Good, and, like, that song was weird enough, and the uh, music video was really weird enough for me to, like, actually be like, oh, I should I should actually, like, get seriously into this, because this is really awesome. Okay, okay. That's how it happened. Um, uh, for That's me, a, I mean... Yeah, if you can pin it down, like, is there a song that you can pin yours down to, Patrick? Uh... Yeah, actually, Bar 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 by Crayon Pop. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I kind of just, like, liked some songs. Like, I thought they were catchy, but I didn't really, like, follow anything. And then I saw that, and that's kind of what kind of tipped me over the edge. That or, like, there's this song called TT by Twice, which I put on. I actually put on everyone's list because I have a theory that it's impossible to dislike that video. Um, that's, like, the best video. Yeah, and I, I think those were kind of the two that really kind of got me into it. Actually, weirdly enough, like, wrestling sort of got me into it because like the fandom like culture is really similar to pro wrestling so like it's kind of like almost viewed as a hobby more than anything else to me kind of like you know how have you ever listened you listen to virtual pros like yeah yeah it's like that like that's kind of what sort of 
Um, actually, Al from Virtual Pros is the one who told me about twice. So yeah, like there's a lot of concepts and like costumes and stuff, and and there's always something new going on, like some some new beef or something. So it's like it is like pro wrestling. Yeah, which is something I really dig about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like and I guess that's something that I'm not as familiar with with this uh, this first blush with this genre is that uh, the music they suggested based on my uh, survey results uh, really clicked. I I liked a lot of it, and Yay. I was able to um, see the connections that you were making with those in what I put on there. And I don't know if you want to go over some of that survey here shortly or what. Yeah. Uh, probably when we get deeper into the list. But um, I guess uh, another question I would have is, like, how how hmm like what are the main countries that are getting influenced by this genre right now because it's not as prevalent in the states unless it's like california or texas like you say or uh, yeah japan japan is a heavy market for k-pop japan there's there's um there's a a lot of like influence in china and china china's making their their own wave of music as well as taiwan um, there's also like a few like really good Taiwanese pop bands. Um, um, Twice is touring in Japan right now, and like so they'll promote there for like four months out of the year, and like their pop up like merchandise shops look like grocery stores before like a monsoon. Like you just have to basically get there at like two in the morning, or else you're not going to get anything. Wow. And well, they're they're okay. also insanely popular because three of them are Japanese. There are bands, oh, okay. there are K-pop bands that are like mostly for Japan. Like that's all they do is just play in Japan and and do shows there, and and they don't really have much of a fan base in Korea. One of my uh, favorite groups, Tierra, for example, like made millions in China, but like they weren't like super popular in Korea for a little while. Um even though they're a Korean band. And then, yeah, like Japan, they will drop a lot of yen on these girls, so... That is fascinating to me, because, like, when I was... I was in Japan for a bit, too, and it wasn't, like, always outspoken, but there was, like, this noticeable tension when talking with people with Japan about Korea, and then, like, in Korea, about people from Japan, or about the country Japan. I, I want to make a Tomashiro Frisbee joke so bad, but I keep forgetting we're not on the blind idols, idols who do... <laughs> Idols who do better in Japan than Korea. There's a boyfriend, which is a really good one. Uh, Two PM, the boss. Never heard of them. Okay. CN Blue, newest. Yeah, Cross so Gene. Some of these guys. Actually, all of the bands that I like really, really like do better in Japan. So I guess it, it's probably like the sort of like weirder this concepts is a... that get are, are better. Uh, in Japan, this is also like strictly newer than like when you were in Japan because like back in like 2008 there was like. In terms of, like, the generational band groups that we're familiar with, there was, like, Girls' Generation, and that was really about it. So this is before, like... Yeah, G K is usually, like, the first song that people hear of Yeah, K Boa, for example, is, like, like she's kind of the first, like, to give you an idea. She's, like, the proto-idol. Okay, okay. So and she manages, like, some, right? Like, she works yeah, in production? Yeah, um, there's one of the big three companies, SM Entertainment. She's, like, the creative lead at that company now. Okay. So, like, she's responsible for uh, Girls' Generation, uh, Red Velvet, a bunch of, like, really popular girl bands. Gotcha. Okay, so, yeah, like, this one makes me hopeful, then. I like uh, I like that pop music is 
is uh, lessening the tensions then and like bringing folks together. This is I mean, cool. they still they still hate each other, but they have like <laughs> one thing that they can get along about, which is nice, you that's, know. That's yeah. Well, you need at least one thing because then that's where you know you can start to build other stuff from. So that's cool. Yeah, I like that. True. It's kind of like I don't know. Like it's kind of like a from what I understand geopolitically with Japan and Korea, it's kind of like you're sort of waiting, like you're really close with a friend, you know, because like you have a lot of mutual friends, but that one friend wronged you. And now you're waiting for that friend to apologize, but they won't apologize because they have too much pride, even though they know they were wrong, you know? And a lot of like uh, K-pop bands will record songs in, or record like entire albums and change the lyrics to Japanese. And like, it's not because like Japanese fans like won't listen to Korean. It's just like Korea being like here as a gift to you. Yeah, it, it's a be nice to you. It's a it's a courtesy thing. Most Japanese fans prefer the original Korean version anyway. But it's like a it's a sign of goodwill. Okay. Yeah. I. All right. This might give you an inclination of like how deep I got. I watched this other Crown Pop video for uh, uh, dancing all night. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And it's done in Japanese. And they're in Japan, like doing the video. But the one like, in the mall. Uh, yeah, where it's one shot. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I can actually pick out some of the words in this. I never learned Korean that much, but when I was in Japan, I studied it pretty, studied the language there pretty hard. So I was like, why am I getting some of this stuff? And I'm thinking that video was shot with Japanese language, and I, I kind of figured they did a track for Japan, but I'm guessing like they may have just done albums worth of stuff for it too. Yeah, no, uh, a lot of major, but most groups have Japanese tracks, and, like, sometimes that'll just be, like, there's, the weird thing about, like, K-pop is, like, groups will only release, like, maybe three or four songs a year, maybe. Yeah. And actually, speaking of, like, B1A4 is one of those bands that's bigger in Japan than Korea, and they just, they don't even, they, they some of their songs they don't even write in Korea, and they just do they it just straight do it up in Japanese. Japanese. Okay, so, okay, yeah, I, the other thing was that this sounded good, too, like, it, with some translations, like the the timing, I would anticipate to be off, but this sounded really like it flowed nicely, just like their other tracks done in uh, Korean. What's really interesting is there's one group uh, called Blackpink, and they uh, one of their songs they re-recorded a Japanese version, but it's actually ninety percent in English, and just the chorus is in Japanese. Oh, because. Okay. Uh... There's a lot of people from New Zealand and K-pop yeah, bands. Yeah, uh, Blackpink in particular, which is like one of the biggest girl bands right now, only one of them is actually Korean. Uh, the other two are from New Zealand, and then one of them's from Thailand. And then, like, for example, like, Red Velvet, like, one of them's from Canada. I mean, right. she's Korean, but she's from Canada. Like, yeah, grew up there. Or uh, one of the other big groups that's actually playing in California this weekend called Cosmic Girls has, like, a nice chunk of them are from China, too. Okay, so, so it, like even the members are international. In, yeah, it it's nice because it's like a unifying thing, you know. Yeah, pop music is like yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Is like pop music is this thing that's inf- well, it is influencing uh, geopolitical uh, ideals, as you mentioned on that last episode where they're describing where they're from, and that one girl put up a flag of uh, uh what was it, Taiwan? Taiwan? Yeah. And that like change that supposedly changed the results of an entire election. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's that, that's wild to like me. Serious shit. <laughs> yeah, that that's what got uh, Zai elected president of Taiwan was uh, Suya. Yeah, let's yeah, that's real power, Jason. <laughs> Sounds like I mean, 
that's it's a hell of a lot of influence and when you're when you have like the attention of um what sounds like a quarter or a fifth of the world that's a huge huge amount of influence it should also be mentioned that like if you listen to the scandals episode not the not the dark times episode but the uh, the funny scandals episode you notice a lot of that shit's kind of not really a big deal like at all like, could you imagine, like, the shitstorm that would happen? Like, it, it, comparably speaking to, like, a K-pop star getting caught smoking weed turned into this whole giant thing this year, compared to, like, Snoop Dogg, who, like, lights up joints on TV. <laughs> so... I think back and in the... Snoop, Snoop Dogg's in a, in a couple of yeah, K-pop Snoop, songs, Yeah, Snoop Dogg too. is in a couple K-pop songs as well, so... That's rad. Okay, that, that says a lot, then. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Okay, so, yeah, uh, I think, like... In the world, well, I'm still trying the war on drugs thing here in some places, but it's uh, like back to the new kids on the block thing. I think if that was a thing back then, like if one of them was found to smoke something, it wouldn't have been nearly as a big deal as uh, as what you described with this. Oh, who is that person who got caught? Top. Top. From uh, Big Bang. Oh, yeah. He was one of the people on this list. Yeah. Um, yeah, he got caught smoking weed and he got kicked out of the military and almost went to prison and like, it just turned into like this whole big He didn't get thing. caught smoking weed. He got caught on a hair test. Yeah, a hair that test said that he smoking smoked weed. weed at one point in time. Eight months ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so. So that's why he shaved his head afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, done it yeah, should have done it before. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, I it does. I guess those were my main questions. If I have any, if anything else comes up, I'll let you know. But I know okay. you got news and stuff that you want to tackle too. All right, let's do this. All uh, right. Should we do news or new songs? Let's do news first. All right. Um. So BP Rainia. Uh. A, there is a uh, American girl who is black, in their in their group, and uh, she's just getting like excluded and from everything from everything um they uh did a performance without her and now they're like taking promotional pictures without her it's like they kind of have her as like a token and when anything actually happens they just kind of push her to the side which is really fucked up Um, yeah um that's another thing that is kind of new is there was at one point in time like a k-pop girl group that was all like i think it was just two black girls who spoke, like, good Korean and stuff, and then, like, they just kind of... Like, Korean companies will kind of do these dumb PR stunts and then just not follow through on anything, and that fell apart. And then, of course, like, with this poor fucking girl with uh, her group, like... Yeah, so Korea's still kind of racist. That's another thing, but I'm sure you already kind of knew that. Most Um, homogenized societies are, so... Taeyeon of a uh, girl's generation was uh, just sexually harassed in Manila because they her production company didn't offer her any security. Yeah. And at one point she was even knocked over. Um, so there was this video of Taeyeon from Girls' Generation. It was actually Jakarta. But um, she landed, she was going through an airport and she had no security whatsoever, which is a big mistake because people were like grabbing her and shit. And she even talked about it on Instagram where she mentioned that like they grabbed her ass and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mean, she was essentially sexually assaulted which is really fucked up is it really fucked up um yeah jason some of this shit's pretty dark <laughs> so. um onto uh onto brighter news um uh winter is uh winter is being awesome again and they're uh 
video for Island because uh, it was too gay for broadcast. Oh, sorry. That's one of the questions I got. Uh, huh. They seem to be going through a a sexual revolution over there through some of the videos I've been watching, especially like this one this past week that we're talking about. That what was that Suma by Saran. Saran, yeah, it was that cover of that uh that band from the mid nineties. Uh, what was it called? Sad Pain was a song. Yeah, it was from uh, uh, something in the boys. I'm really bad. Oh, at these. Seijo Taji and the boys. Seijo Taji and the boys. Soltaji, Soltaji, whatever. <laughs> oh, sorry, Soltaji and the boys. Uh, I didn't. So the tune is great, and the video. Like, did you all see that? I watched it. I did not. Okay. Um, at first, it looked like. No, let me. Sorry, I'll talk about it later. But uh, what was the news story? No, go for it. Go for it. Okay, so this video <laughs> starts off with two young women holding hands, and that's a pretty bold statement. I like. I don't see it in American videos. But when I was in Korea, like old friends, old close friends, like friends since childhood, very common for them to hold hands. Like I saw two kind of hunched over old men in the train station uh, holding hands, like two older dudes. And they're just like chatting away because they've known each other their entire lives. Uh, So there's like a closeness there that hand holding is totally acceptable and welcome. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is one of those things. But then the video progresses, and they're, like, laying out in fields, touching each other's lips. Getting into tents. <laughs> Getting into tents, hugging each other from behind. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, this is pretty rad. Like, they're actually they're actually going for this. I was anticipating, like, something bad to happen. And there's, like, a dour moment in the middle of the video, but ends on a pretty high note. And there's... I didn't know if like there was a lot of videos like this because I saw like some list talking about hey here's the most LGBT forward videos. One of my it's a lot more common for girls than guys. Yeah, it's still really really looked down upon for guys. Two of my favorite uh, videos are uh, one of them is called One More Day by Sistar, um, and it actually was produced by uh, Giorgio Morador. You know, do you know who I'm talking about? He's the he was like he's a super famous like European like electro artist. He made like he did a lot of like he's a huge influence on like Daft Punk. He did like the Midnight Express soundtrack. Um anyway, hmm. so he produced that song and the video is about two girls who are in love with each other and one of them has an abusive boyfriend and they murder him. <laughs> oh wow. And then they light his car on fire. Giorgio Moroder. Yeah, Giorgio Moroder. Um and then there's my one of my other favorite videos is called Bloom by uh, Guyane. And she was uh, one of the girls in Brown Eyed Girls. And the whole song is, like, she was she was always, like, kind of, like, a soft-spoken artist. And then she, like, came out with this song about, that was essentially came down to, hey, sex is pretty awesome, which, like, nobody really, like, you can't even really kiss on Korean television. But, yeah. like, this, this whole song and video is about how, like, cool it is to fuck. And, like, it, it had, like, a part where, like, she's like masturbating in a kitchen which like is like basically you could not do in korea at all so uh, like, like it's like fine when a when a guy group like like big bang's baby when they're like spraying squirting, squirting like white liquid on girls faces and stuff like that's fine but when like a girl is like open about pleasing herself then that's not okay and it's not like a really dirty song it's actually like a really sweet way to talk about that kind of thing and it's also, like, really brave of her to make something like that, especially because it was, like, 2010. So, yeah, it's 
sometimes you'll have a lot of artists who are a little more like confident will just go out and do something like that and like it's really cool when they do it especially because like it's so like it's so so uncommon especially for girl groups too yeah um and and guy groups like for well in like a lot of countries it's more okay for girls to be gay than guys so anyway winner uh is fighting the good fight and being too gay for broadcast keep in mind too gay is they hugged in yeah, the video. They, that, they, that's uh, what was too gay. They looked, they looked at each other like they were about to kiss. That's yeah, about it. jokingly, mind you, it wasn't yeah. even like in a, it wasn't even like a serious way. It was like, ha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh- <laughs> we are not queer. <laughs> we love women. And that's funny because there's actually more women in this, in in uh, this boy group's video than like I ever. I, I barely ever see women in guy groups videos. It's like usually a sausage party. So this video is too gay, but it also has a ton of women. Do you remember the 1980s when like metal bands would have like super hot women in the in the videos, but they'd be nowhere near where the band is, and the band <laughs> would be like two miles away? Oh yeah, like that That's wicked. Not- are you talking about that wicked scepter video? Yeah, it, it's like. <laughs> Like, they would just be in, like, a a factory that produces nothing but sparks or something, and, like, they're all, like, wearing, like, leather daddy outfits, and then there's, like, hot babes, but they're, like, just nowhere near any of the groups, anybody in the group. Yeah. That's kind of what K-pop male videos are like, except minus the part where there's girls. Well, girl videos, too, because guys don't want to see their girl groups with other guys. Yeah, there is very, very, very little chance you're going to see dudes pop up in girl group videos. Okay, so uh, Soul G from Exit made an appearance. Um, she had hyperthyroid? Hyperthyroid disorder. Yeah, so she's been out for a little while, so she's on her way to making a recovery. That's one of the more exciting pieces of news for me, because mm-hmm. I love that group. Yeah, Exit's really good. Um, and during the uh, American Teen Choice Awards, uh, BTS was... Um, won the Best International Artist, and they uh, quickly mentioned them before a commercial break. Oh, BTS wins, and then it just cuts to, like... Yeah, just cut. Cuts to, like, <laughs> bagels or something. Yeah. Just gave a quick shout-out, and they're done. Yep. So that's, Still scary here in America. something, I guess. Uh, so that's they, all the news I have. They won a Billboard Award this year, too, and they were they had a pretty big reception yeah, they at the awards. Yeah, they Billboard Music Awards. So. Uh, yeah. Okay, so that's it for news? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about some songs. All right, uh, Taeyong of Big Bang uh, just made a full-length album uh, called White Knight. That is Knight with an N, not not someone who pretends to respect women. It's about protecting women. About, about protecting women in, in the hopes that they'll have sex with them. It's about respecting <laughs> Tina Fey for her cheat Also not throat. related, Zico's on this album. Oh, uh, What? <laughs> Okay, from what I know about Zika, from what you talked about him, that seems like, uh, wait, I'm, sorry, I'm still in the mindset that this is a legit, like, hey, white knighting concept album, but that's not the case, no, right? It's, it's knight, white knight with an N, so oh, white, like, okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, anyway, um, it, it was, it was pretty all right. I did like the song with Zika on it, um, the song that he was on was Tonight, um, it's the last song of the album, and, uh, Taeyong mentioned that. He only, he only, the only person he wanted to be on his album as well as him was Zico. He didn't ask anyone else because he thinks that Zico is such a sweet and nice guy. <laughs> he's a very, like, he's a very well-respected, like, producer and artist, even though he is kind of a fuckboy. He's well-respected yeah, he, in the community. 
He just posted a picture of himself on Instagram today the, wearing an Ed Hardy hat. They're very good, oh, but, very good people but on both is, sides. He is a very, <laughs> Zico is a very nice, a very nice guy from what I hear. So, um, but he is a fuck boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Red Velvet. Um, had a song called Rebirth, which I think is a cover of something. Yeah, it's a cover. I don't know what it's a it's cover of. It's pretty boring. I, I didn't like it. it I like, like Red Velvet a lot. It sounded but like I the Cardigans. Um, NCT Dream came out with a song called We Young. I, I don't get what NCT is. I wish someone would explain it to me because there's like NCT Dream, NCT One Two Seven. When I was a kid, I wanted this Japanese console called like a PC Engine NCT because it could play Rondo of Blood, and I never got it. So maybe that's what it that is. That might be another NCT. Um, they came out with a song called We Young, and it was it was really bad. That was really really bad. Like there's a big thing in K-pop with like using tropical house music, and like this was like the worst of it just flutes everywhere like on topic for nct jason did you ever play rondo blood <laughs> um no but i remember you were saying that was like a huge influence on uh the castlevania animated series that just came out on netflix oh no no not not rondo three was the the one that it's based on but if they make a sequel to that series though they pretty much have to jump to rondo blood because it's uh it's the next one that has alucard in it before oh Symphony. No, I never played that game. I'm sorry. Uh, game fucking rules, man. You should check it out sometime. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> um, let's see. I've been playing a lot of Castlevania lately. Boyfriend it's... came out with an EP called Never End. Um, their title song is Star, uh, which is I didn't really like. It was really slow, and it was another island shit song. Um, but the uh, they had a better song in there. Um, let's see, what was it called? <laughs> oh, never end. Uh, which, which, like, it was, it was a lot more interesting. It had some like off-key, like keyboard in there, and uh, lots of like bass and a good beat, and it was definitely more interesting than the other song. Um, this happens a lot. I, I uh, that the title songs are usually like really shitty tropical house songs, and then they just have some like hidden gems on their album. Um, BP Rainia, the song that I talked about earlier, or the uh, group that I talked about earlier, that was. Uh, a little racist yeah. to their um, to their black uh, member. Uh, they came out with a song called Beep Beep Beep, which is uh, actually pretty cool. It was like a like a tough electro pop song. I'm guessing Patrick didn't listen to any of these because he's not even talking. And there's only one song I listened to, my homework. Um, which I, I will talk about extensively. <laughs> Can you talk and, about? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go, 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 go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I had a question about the the tropical island, uh, the island boy music. That uh-huh. you're talking about. Uh, I am not as familiar with how to classify that and or think about it, I guess. Because what immediately comes to mind is like Jimmy Buffett, uh, which I know cannot be what you're talking about, right? <laughs> like, what, no. it, what would you, is it like reggae or? Well, I guess if you made techno Jimmy it's Buffett. Not quite like <laughs> reggae. Um, let me is see. It, like maybe Samba? Wait, or see if I can. Because I, mm, I don't know if I've, I got any of I'll, those I'll songs on my list. I'll play one. I play one of them right now. Let me see if you do have any on your list. I have it open right now. You probably Cause don't because both of us really, kind of really unanimously don't like it. But I think no, the one don't. that would probably come close is like that primary track with Choa on it. Oh it yeah, that's shy. more. That's more um, reggae. The but... person uh, who writes Kpopalypse uh, describes it as toot toot music because it's. <laughs> 
Oh, play a chord song. <laughs> too, too tropical shit. <laughs> too, too tropical shit. <laughs> Do you have any card on your phone? Play that, because that's, that's the personification of that shit. No, I'm going um, to pull up that, that uh, dead-ass skeleton meme with the horn. Did you ever see the, the um, one when uh, yeah. Doom came out and they just edited the cover to say Doot and it's just the Doom skeleton? Yeah, with it. Doot. Yeah, um, oh man, K-Popalypse is really funny. Oh, here okay, we go. Okay, here we go. No, no, I got this. This, one, this song is worse than Card. Do you hear that, Jason? I do. We get to the Toot Toot. <laughs> Okay. I think I got the idea. I just I love the description of toot toot. Oh, that's that's so good. I think I remember Apocalypse like describing like one song as like wanting to shove bricks up your ass and then toot toot them right out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Anyway, I'm, down. I'm into it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My favorite song this um these two weeks was Sonamu uh, from the album called Happy Box, which hmm. you can make your conclusions about that. That sounds like a pussy. <laughs> um, their song Friday Night, which was like really synthy retro fun. Yeah, song. you played it earlier. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought, yeah. Uh, I think Sonamu's like new. New blood. They're not new. They're, they're just not really new. not popular. Okay, so they're, they're underrated. <laughs> new goo means no name, so... New goo, okay. Yeah. Like new goo dong. Underrated, like my new favorites, Dal Shabbat. Yeah. Which, are, which sounds like a terrorist organization. Which sounds not Korean. <laughs> like, if, if, if Israel had a terrorist organization, they'd be called Dal Shabbat. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway. Um... Dal Shabbat sounds like something I would have had to say during my bar mitzvah or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what about you? Uh, I only have one pick this week, and it is Goo Don 5959's uh, Ice Chew. Ogu Ogu. Ogu Ogu, which is 5959 in Korean. And I am convinced that that's the best music video ever made. So if you don't mind, I'll just run everybody through right, it real quick. Um, so we pan into this ice cream world filled with ice cream people living ice cream lives. One of them decides to water these two plants, and out of these two plants, these two little terrorists grow. And terrorist is me putting it nicely, because then they proceed to murder an entire village of ice cream people. And cannibalize them. They eat them, they literally take babies, the little ice cream cones, bite them, and then smash them under their feet. They take a child and throw it around, and it disturbs the mother of the child so much she commits ice cream seppuku on video. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. She goes, the next scene is a hospital, at which point they, uh, the child is brought back to life by a very uh, brave doctor. Who they Then they show up at the hospital and murder the doctor and then also <laughs> kill the kid again. Um, they end up in ice cream prison, which they break out of promptly. Um, Mina, the uh, girl with the black hair and the really cute ears has that devious look on her face when she's about to cut out of the prison that she knows she's going to kill again. They then also have this rad-ass fucking dance break, which I think is, like, the best dance break ever. And then they freeze to death. 
and that is why it's the best music video ever made. It also helps that the song is really catchy, too. Jason, you watched this. What did you think of it? I've watched this thing probably like 45 times. It's it's insanely good. Uh, One of the things I've enjoyed about, like, learning about this, this blow up of the genre, is the dedication to uh, concepts, no matter how strange they are. Uh, That's something that's really lacking, like, in just video for in music videos generally, like you don't see it so often and with such dedication as I've been witnessing it here. And this video in particular does it uh, wonderfully. And there's, there's like group, the, oh, go ahead, please. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, there's a group I I love called Orange Caramel that don't they don't exist anymore. They were actually a subunit of a of a different group too. And they, they just to, officially they broke just up. officially broke up, but they haven't made anything in like three years. And yeah. they made music just like this, and their videos were just like this. And this uh, this group is filling the Orange Caramel sized hole in my heart. Yeah, there was so. one there was one video where they were sushi, and another one where uh, they dated a, a Chinese man, and it was. Kind of racist. They had a they had a song oh. called Shanghai Romance, which is about not understanding how Chinese people work. Okay, like, which is like, really screwed up. That's he was weird. Like, dunking, he was like dunking food into his wine glass or some shit. Yeah, like, something that Chinese people don't actually do. Oh, so they're just like making up stereotypes now. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, getting creative. I take yeah, I take back all my earlier sentiments about pop music bringing the world closer together. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say about this video is that uh, I'd watched like a cup like of course the list that you curated. Then I branched out to some other ones to see like what else was going on. And Doug, like again, like dedication not only to the videos but to the live performances. Like they learn all these dances. This is why I think like uh, my co-host on my other podcast, Parker Bowman from Pool Party Radio and Junk Food Dinner would probably be into this because he loves choreographed dancing. He thinks it's rad. So oh, this might be the genre for him because they are dedicated to recreating these dances from the videos on their stage shows. And they're all, yeah. like, hyper-complex and, like, good and all this. But then Bowman's the, next. But then, <laughs> well, actually, Murphy and Border Boss are next, but... Yeah, it's like, it's more than... K-pop is more than music. It's like, like, they're idols. They do, they do everything. Sounds you, like, like, they yeah. dance, they... One of the one of the big three, um, actually, this dude I really like named JYP. He runs JYP Entertainment. Like they did like Twice and the Wonder Girls and stuff. He said that like pretty much in the early two thousands when MP threes became a thing. Like MP threes are very cheap in Korea. Like you can get a whole album for like three dollars. Oh, right. And so his idea was that you're not selling music so much as you're selling a personality. Like, you, a lot of fandoms are formed okay. around, like, the personalities and, like, concepts of groups, which is a really smart way of going about it, considering music is inherently not profitable. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, all right. I'm seeing with, like, the accessibility there, and it's cheap to get, like, some, I'm sorry, what was? Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, okay, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm just working this out here in my head, because, like, here it's like a buck a song, if you want to download something and pay for it right right like 99 cents per track if you want to pay for it uh yeah (laughs) so (laughs) um if to get like an entire album for three dollars there's a different monetization there not to get all like marketing about it but like 
it's that's still, an over exaggeration on my part like songs are like 30 cents so still that's that's considerably less than it is here and i think yeah, that we are that, still more concerned with like music than there's the personality like, aspect there's like fa- like so many fan meets like there's so many shows that they have to go on like okay. Um, you monetize fame more than anything else. Like you, like people still buy their CDs, and yeah. people in Korea started buying CDs again because they come with these like huge booklets and like signed stuff and goodies. Yeah, it's like That's every CD yeah. is a special edition, which is really cool. Which makes me want to even buy them, even though it's like the idea of buying a CD is so weird and archaic. But it's like, look at all this free shit it comes with, Different. and it's like okay. fifteen bucks, you know? Okay, okay, yeah. So Ariana. Ariana, what you were saying about the uh, basically doing the entire idol thing, like all aspects of it, that's that's a lot clearer to me now than what it was. I see. And uh, with this group is where it started to f- formulate this Ogu Ogu like subunit thing of these uh, two performers, Mina and who's the other one? Hyun, Hyun, Hyun. I think her name Hyun. is. Hyun. Hyun. It's pronounced, but. I th- uh, they're doing like this hyper it's not hyper cute it's like deceptively cute because they're murdering an entire planet right yeah they're basically committing genocide on ice cream peoples (laughs) ice cream terrorism (laughs) and they're like so gleeful about it and and then like just kind of uh laissez-faire they commit to the bit so well that like even the structure of their choreography this was getting at earlier uh, all the dance moves that they do for like the chorus and the bridges and all that is basically just like shifting their weight from one side to the other. And I thought that was f- so funny and brilliant because all <laughs> these other groups are doing like these elaborate moves and kind of interweaving within the group and doing all these arm motions. And they're like, all right, now it's time to dance. And they just <laughs> kind of like lift one foot off the ground and place it back down. And do it again, and look like stoically <laughs> into the camera. Yeah, as opposed to like the gleeful, smiling faces they were doing. They're just like, "All right, dead ass look in the camera. You want us to dance? Here's our dance." But when they do the breakdown dance, and it's this full on like Paris is burning shit, where they're just voguing and all this stuff with each other to this great like electronic just beat. So in saw, ecstasy like, from all the bloodshed. I saw. Yes. I saw something that that. So, like, some tag on that that was, like, let's give the gays everything they want. And it was just that video. <laughs> and that was, uh, yeah, I kept seeing links to that point in the video in these comments. Like, these were the comments that I would read because they were actually, like, supportive and nice. So it's, like, Mark on 220 where where it goes into that break with the voguing dancing. And so it just has, like, RuPaul. Uh, oh, yeah, in, like, the lip sync battle. <laughs> lip sync to oh, save your God. life. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. This is uh, this is drag race material right here. And, um, no, actually, funny enough, my, my absolute favorite part of that video is just a very quick second um, where it's just a zoom in on Mina's face during, like, one of the dance, cor- like, one of the, like, dance parts of the chorus and she just looks so fucking bored and like uninterested in what's going on yeah both of them do uh, <laughs> I, I don't know who's who because i haven't associated the names which one is mina the redhead Mina's the one with the black hair okay so hey yun is the one with the, bright the red orange hair, hair. Yeah. yeah they're both great but yeah they both have these great like dead-eyed expressions at the camera just like straight face because they have all these other clips of them like exchanging like gleeful 
glances and all this other fun stuff. Oh god, I thought the the contrast was just so funny in this video. There's um the other Goo Goo Dawn video I put on your page is actually like my favorite song of the year so far. But um her Mina sequence in that video, the rap break, is actually my favorite part of that song entirely. Like she's so she's a really impressive performer. Like she like if it, if I didn't have such a weird infatuation with like say Jong, I'd say she's probably my favorite member of that group. She's your bias wrecker. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know what bias means. So bias is your favorite member of a group, like one oh. in particular. That, um, bias wrecker is the other person in a group who makes you question the love for your bias. Like if you look at a lot of our, uh, if you look I'm at not a lot in of, this deep, but uh, okay. If you look at a lot of the icons, for I'm, our, I'm mostly for our saying group, this tongue in cheek because this is like really what really bad, uh, really uh, cringeworthy fans like refer to. Oh, okay. Oh, like okay, this, this okay. is their this is their terminology. Um, I see, I see. I all see. of our icons and like our banners, like all the icons for the show, are of like a girl from Goo Goo Dawn, like Sejong, and uh, because she's like my favorite. And Ariana's like, when are you gonna let me put up a a guy as our group picture? And I was like, uh, never. <laughs> Give say guys why. a chance. Because I'm the producer. Because <laughs> I'm the producer. <laughs> All right, so That's okay, I, I I do like uh, the image being girls a lot better than it being a guy, for some reason. Yeah, I, probably because we attract all those thirsty ass ladies. Yeah. Well, we need the audience, so maybe we should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to our main thing of the night because this is. I was going to say this is actually it's impressive having a guest on because these episodes tend to only be about like half an hour. So, but uh, all right, so Jason, we yeah. have your list. Let's start with number one. Okay. This was... Uh, so, the first song? Yeah. AKMU. Music video was for Dinosaur. Akmu. Akmu? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're called Akadong Musician. It's actually a brother and sister group. Okay. So, but... Oh, all right. I see. So, it was like the first two letters. Yeah. Sibling group. Like a... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're like the... Uh, I almost said the Osbournes, but that's not correct. Osbournes. Donny Osmonds. Yeah. yeah. Marie. Except this group was cool though. <laughs> I, I liked I liked this video a lot. Uh, this was the first video on the list, uh, as you pointed out, and uh, this kind of went along with what I felt on the survey about uh, enjoying singer songwriters a great deal. This was Ariana's pick, by the way. As soon as she saw your survey, this is the first song she chose. Cool. This <laughs> is uh, right on the nose, then, because this got my attention. Oh. Um, and I especially like the video too, or I especially like the video because I did not expect it to be like such high production. Uh, it tells a, tells a pretty interesting story about what essentially feels like kids that are familiar to me. The characters were familiar to me from growing up with, uh, like Steven Spielberg films like ET or something like kids basically yeah, like going on vibe. yeah like they got their flashlights ready they want to they want to discover like some supernatural mystery that is uh you know eating away in the neighborhood and they want to figure out what it is but it's the, it feels safe too and they're trying to hunt like a, a loch ness monster essentially the like concept a, the concept of this album was actually stranger things too so there's like a lot of parallels to that which really? stranger things is based on spielberg yeah which is based on spielberg and stephen king stuff so okay <clears throat> well, yeah, this was uh, this was definitely 
rad. I liked a lot of the shots in the video. I liked the song itself. Um, it was, uh, for some reason, more electronic imbued than I had anticipated. I don't know why I didn't anticipate that. Like, I'm aware that pop music is always willing to try something that's a bit more cutting edge with technology, music technology, that is, and whatnot. So, and this is like one of Akamu's first, like, electronic sounding songs. Usually they do just like sort of like indie sounding stuff. Yeah, they're a little yeah. more, uh, uh, a little more acoustic yeah, than exactly. all other music. Okay, so this was like a good transition then into the rest of it because with my taste and sensibilities being pretty well entrenched in like indie music from early 2000s and whatnot, like I've been listening to, uh, one thing I didn't miss, mention on that list was I've been listening to like some of those bands just recently, uh, stuff like the Unicorns and... Uh, I, I guess this goes in line with like guided by voices and whatnot too, but oh, it's nice. so it was. It was nice to have this as like a uh, a way to reset my palate for the rest of it. I couldn't find anything equivalent to like the Korean Flaming Lips or anything, but <laughs> I tried. Damn it! <laughs> Pretty yeah yeah. This one would fit in nicely on a mix of uh, bands like that though. So that was that was a cool start to this. Um, oh. Anything you want to add about this one, or Ariana? No, I think we got it. Yeah, I think you covered it. Okay. Um, next one is Tops Doom Dada. This is my pick. Well, one of my picks. Most of these are my picks, but a lot yeah. of them are mutual picks, though. I'd mentioned that I liked, uh, I guess, more of the, the weird rap set, like MF Doom and whatnot. Doom being in the name of this one uh, caught my eye because of that connection, so I figured that was part of it. This is a uh, more heavily a rap song but the video itself does not look like a rap video to me at all like uh the entire thing seems unnatural it looks like a like a david lynch film in some parts like an early david lynch film it's all in black and white there's superimposed flames and whatnot uh smoke um and i'm guessing that the person singing this song or is it like members or is it no, it's um, just top. He, he's a member of Big Bang, and uh, funny enough, uh, he's one of the biggest art collectors in Korea. Okay. Like, that's kind of uh, the vibe of the video. He's just like a really pretentious art owner. Yeah, a lot of the props in that video are actually from his collection, too. Like, uh, all the chairs and stuff are from his collection. Like, a lot of his, like... He collects chairs. Yeah, he collects chairs and paintings and mobiles. He actually has a... He has a mobile in his kitchen that's worth like several million dollars. Okay, so that's why this one appealed to me then, because it, yeah. it's hitting all like those uh, pretentious art nerd parts of uh, yeah. my mind and heart. Because all, all the Big Bang guys are um, extravagantly rich, so so they can do eccentric, are they eccentric all, people. <laughs> yeah, are they this eccentric, or is it just this one who's no, like, just top. Okay, well, that's cool. I'll take a look at more of his stuff then because I dug this video a lot, uh, the look of it, uh, the way he's like kind of growl rapping a lot of this stuff. That was great. Uh, and There's that one part where he raps like super duper fast. Yeah, the last 30 seconds of that song is fucking crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. I didn't explore the, the translation of the lyrics on this one, so I, I don't know what it's about, but the look... 
knocked my socks off. So <laughs> I would definitely go back uh, to this person's catalog to see what's going on because uh, it's intriguing. I mean, it did you the job. Can, it hooked. You can tell because, like, two of his big, like, solo projects, you, you can tell where he finally got creative control, and that's on this one because the last, like, single he made was just kind of, like, a very typical – shut up. That's the studio dog. Um, a very typical, like, kind of rap song with, like, kind of just hanging out with, like, ladies and uh, expensive cars and shit. And this then he... where him, him and G-Dragon are being tongues and peeing on each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, like, you could tell he had a lot of creative control in this one because it's uh, pretty much right out of his brain. <laughs> so... Um, next one's So Chan Wei Tears. Okay, so this is one I included. And I included. This was my choice. This was well. It was both of our choices. Sure. Okay. Aww, so that's nice. So I put in the live performance of the song because it's an older song. It's from 1996, I believe. But the live performance I put in is from 2015, and um, like this, I had not heard of this lady until I saw this very specific video. But uh, it's vocally like one of the most powerful songs i think i've ever heard because it's absolutely just fucking crazy and it's also like the most hype i've ever seen like an audience get about anything there's a part where like she breaks the screen or something or like you know they put that effect on there because her voice is just like it's so powerful oh that's what that was i thought like they were saying she's invoking the power of the lightning gods and lightning that could be basically yeah (laughs) or she's like she's controlling the weather yeah she's She's calling down lightning with her voice. And this song is infamously hard to cover, too. Like, there's a lot of, like, groups that try to cover it, like, just on, like, variety shows and stuff, and, like, they can't really do it properly. It seemed like, well, yeah, it seemed iconic, uh, considering, like, it kept cutting to a panel that was watching. Like, I'm I'm assuming they were a celebrity panel. And then, like, people backstage talking about her, like, saying, oh, she's doing this song. This is the best, et cetera. And she's, like, 45 in this video, too, which doesn't seem, like, to be very old, but in Korea, like, you might as well be 100 once you're over 30. So, Uh. yeah. Um, But, I mean, like, she, I personally, like, like, this video kind of blew me away. And, like, especially the reaction of, like, the audience, like, how, like, there were people literally crying from that performance. What did you think of it, Jason, since this is your playlist? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hijack <laughs> it. For 15 <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. I mean, obviously she's extremely talented and, and whatnot. Um, uh, for the list itself, I, w- I was uh, still reeling from top and him showing me like all these uh, ghostly flames and stuff. Check out these chairs. Yeah. Look at these mobiles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So with the absence of like, uh, you know, fancy chairs and and whatnot, uh, it was it was a, a different shift in tone, and I could tell that was like a a a song that was like probably from a couple years ago. I didn't know how many years ago, but you said like mid nineties. Yeah, ninety six, I believe. Okay, there was something about like the tempo that it didn't resonate with like the rest of the selection. So I was like, okay, this must be somebody like a, of a certain degree of fame, um, doing one of the, the standards, like something that's like really well known. And, and this genre is called trot. We talked about it on, uh, the, uh, 
you have a few trot songs in here, but we talked about it on the Blind Podsman. It's just essentially Korean uh, Anka music. Yeah, I was going to say it reminded me of Anka um, as far as just like a kind of a soloist, as opposed to a lot of this other stuff where it's groups of people sharing lyrics, doing a rap portion, all that stuff. So it wasn't as dynamic. Uh, I still dug it for sure. I liked the performance itself and how people were blown away. And she does have a magnificent voice, like you said. All right, so next song, this one is not a video because there is no video for it, but it's uh, G-Friends Hear the Wind Sing, which is named after a Shinji Murakami novel. Is that his name? Shinji Murakami? Murakami? Murakami, yeah. Yeah. Whoever writes for G-Friend is a lit, it has to have been like a lit major because they have a lot of songs based on books. Oh, uh, Shaq uh, yeah, Shaq Murakami, is that you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Sorry, I don't know why. I think I was thinking of Shinji Ikari for some reason <laughs> from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so uh, I apologize. This one did not have a video, but I, I think it's a very pretty song. Uh, what did you think, Jason? I'm sorry. I screwed up his name, too. It's Haruki Merakami. That's oh. the person's name. I hope he doesn't listen we to all the have, show. We all had like, an element <laughs> of his name in there somewhere. We all had the last name, and that's really what matters. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this was another mutual pick. Okay, so anyway. Okay, uh, for whatever reason, I this one didn't stick with me as much as the rest, and I'll have to go back to it. Um, I watched it, and I, I remember... What I remember the most from this, and this is kind of a bummer to say, was how this video was presented. I guess this is like a particular style for this genre, because there are so many people in a group and they want you to know they want to give credit where credit is due the color coding yeah this that is incredibly coding. convenient for me when i'm trying to figure out who the hot girl is in some of these groups <laughs> oh okay so uh, yeah it's showing you who's singing what lines of a particular song or who's doing what sections so it'll highlight the back of that person's photo in a row of photos right with the name below them and then like it has the lyrics like I think, I think uh, whoever is doing these videos are putting a lot more time and effort to, into it than the lyrics videos that I'm more accustomed to, where it's like just you know <laughs> a, a PowerPoint presentation. Exactly, <laughs> rot with misspellings, bad and like pick art. Every every K-pop song has one of these. Yeah, no, they all do. Even ones where it's like performed by one person. Yeah, I'm not fucking kidding. That is that is fantastic. So it just lights and up the back. Look, and, it. and it'll have like it'll have like um, or if you look up Korean pop lyrics, it'll have like first it'll have the Hangul, then it'll have like romanized korean and then it has an english translation yeah. so you yeah. you were looking at three different sets of lyrics i probably should have prefaced it with hey don't really worry about looking at the video just listen to the song because like really the video doesn't matter like but um yeah i mean i i can kind of i can kind of see like it's weird because this is actually like the first g friend song i liked but um because they're not like a group friends and acquired into. taste yeah they, they seem kind of taste. boring at first and then you get obsessed with them okay but, they're very, they're, they're very, like, all their dance, I should have put, like, one of their, like, I was just reading an article about videos. their dancing, that how they said that they can't, um, they can't dance pretty, like, like, a lot of girl groups have, like, the cute, pretty concept, but G-Friend is just, they said that their movements are too powerful 
to be pretty because they're all athletes. Like, what's so cool? Yeah, they're really good dancers too. Like, they can do. There's videos of them like doing their routines like blindfolded and the song like two times fast. It's like, do you remember when DDR was popular and there'd always be like the one kid at the arcade who could like play like a song like three times fast on both pads there backwards. Was like, there was like it's some, like that. There was some show where it was like a few girl groups like facing off against each other in athletics and like G-Friend like they can do archery. They can like they like left all the other girl groups in the dust when they were like running. And Anyway, okay, I'm getting off topic. So anyway, our next one is Cran Pops, Bar Bar Bar. Okay. I'm excited for this Before one. Before you start talking, Jason, depending yeah. on what you say about this, we may not be friends anymore. So. <laughs> well, I don't think you have to worry because I've I've exhausted these songs from Crown Pop. And here's how it happened. I uh, first listened to this song because you played it on one of your earlier episodes. And then you had an episode dedicated to this band. Yeah, I was going to say, was it the one dedicated just to Crayon Pop? <laughs> no, I was, I was catching up with uh, some of the shows. And uh, this, I'd, I listened to it from that first one from a couple months ago. And I was like... Oh, okay. That's that's an interesting like techno beat that's happening here, and of course, like the chorus has that pa 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 pa, and then, well, the jumping part has the jumping jumping, right? Right. So I'm, I I get that like first exposure to it, and it works like a slow acting virus where you're just like, oh, okay, I guess that's a that's a thing then, and then like. You go back to it, and you're like, what was that song with the jumping phrase in it? Huh, that was strange. And I played <laughs> it a few more times, and then, like, I'm humming it to myself. And then, I'm like, I'm playing it while I'm working on other things, like I'm doing laundry. <laughs> and then it's, like, blasting in my car, and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> uh, so this this song, <laughs> this song, which, like, yeah, my first exposure to is like, okay, cute. I, I can get it, but uh, probably not my thing. And now it's like my only thing. And I'm so disappointed <laughs> that this thing. is this is like this band is no longer this lineup that they had become successful on because they've I guess like one of them you mentioned had a one of them got knocked up by a frog monster from Castlevania. So gross. Patrick's a little Patrick's a little bitter about this. Yeah, understandable because like the story <laughs> you told about this group was so fascinating. Like again, yeah. who doesn't like an underdog? And this band is they they did it. They they did it despite like not having a ton of money behind them or a ton of production. So did all these Google acts? Yeah. So like the song that upon first hearing and even on this list when you gave this to me, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this song. Pfft, no big deal. I kept going back to it. And part of it was also because of the next song on this list, which is another crumb pop song. So you were determined to get me exposed to this virus that is crown you're, pop. You're lucky this whole list wasn't just crayon pop because that was my <laughs> original idea for everybody. I don't know. I mean, I think it would have been as successful as this because it got me into crown pop for sure. This uh, other song was crown pops bing bing. And this is a live performance as opposed to the music video yet earlier. The music video, by the way, was yeah, it's exceedingly cute because they're all like uh, wearing helmets and like color coded jumpsuits and they're like doing this jumping dance where they alternate like a pogo jump. stick like yeah. a pogo stick where their their hands remain prone so it's like a line of hands and then these bodies jumping around the hands oh there's a name for that dance it's called the piston dance yeah the pistons. yeah they look like pistons yeah so it's a great video and they're all 
just really endearing to watch because a lot of these videos are like, uh, I I mean, I don't know. They're going for a different look, like more glamour or something like that. And this is like obviously five young women who just want to perform pop music. Just want to dance. And get other people to dance. And I can always get behind that. Like, that's great. Uh, Yeah, they, I think out of any group, they have the most dedicated fan base. And it's weird because like... The Yeah, they're called like crayon pop adjuices like which means uncle and like uh well no what's <laughs> not weird into is this already you, no the reason why they're called that is because it's a lot usually like a lot well, of like uncle, you men. don't actually you don't actually call your uncle uncle you don't call your uncle's adjusy you call your uncle's uh samchun yeah um so adjusy is like a it's like saying like a, a man who is older than you i and i've been through like forums before and stuff i don't think i've ever seen anybody sexualize anybody from crayon no they are like massively respectful i think the audiences are pure yeah they have pure intentions and like they'll go to other countries with them too and like crayon pop is like i think they i think the audiences like run on like pure adrenaline of crayon pop yeah like i don't think it's a sexual thing and um like they they're like crayon pops like really committed to like their fans too because like they they're one of those groups that never really forgot where they came from so like they'll like they like specifically whenever they're on a music show they'll like specifically make sure that their fans get seats and stuff okay so, okay yeah, yeah this this band fucking rules awesome yeah and i love them to death i think they're the greatest thing that's ever happened to k-pop personally yeah. but i can anyway. imagine yeah like that was a uh, um as mentioned earlier, like I saw that they had toured with Lady Gaga back in like 2013, and I watched some of those fan videos. By the time like I'd gotten to those fan videos of like people recording their performances, I would go in with a little bit of anxiety because I'm like, oh god, I hope that the crowd is nice because <laughs> I don't want these girls to ever be upset about anything. Uh, and they actually did pretty well. Like they won crowds over with, you know bar 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 and uh some of the other tracks and i listened to like a lot of them god this bing bing song is awesome this performance in particular because as opposed to the last video where they're just like it's a music video dedicated to them and they're like going all out in this live performance they're all wearing like matching green track suits and they have their hands in their pockets the entire time and i thought that was awesome I thought it was like a great like no fucks given performance because uh, they have like dance moves to this, but they didn't bust any of them out for this. So they look like real, real. They, they look, look like, like real toughs. Yeah, they look like gangsters. Yeah. And like one of them had a uh, like a sucker in her mouth, which is even more intimidating. There's a joke on K-pop or K-popalypse where uh because the guy who runs that site also runs, like, he writes, like, fan fiction. But, like, it's not, like, weird, gross fan fiction. It's all, like, really funny. Like okay. satire. Yeah, it's satire. And then, like, one of them is about how, like, Crayon Pop is secretly, like, a gang. And, yeah, uh, yeah. That actually ended up spreading to a point that, like, they became aware of it. And, like, fans, like, like, because there's these two twins named Choa and Wei in uh, Crayon right. Pop. And, like, there's, like, a thing now where, like, if a fan sees them, they'll, like, ask one of them to punch them in the arm and they'll do it. <laughs> like, there's they, one where they're, there's a video where they're, like, going into an airport and one of them, like, yells something and Wade just runs up and socks the guy right in the arm. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this band is great. All their songs are great. I watched, a, I think, 
almost all their videos. They're awesome. Uh, yeah, Bing Bing is probably the best song to happen to pop music since, uh, well, pro- it was around the same time as Uptown Funk. So I'm guessing like, yeah, those are like the two best contributions to pop music. If you could just go back in time, I mean, you could erase the Beatles and just replace them with like crayon pop and sure. be fine. You know? yeah, yeah, I think it'd be okay absolutely. with that. <laughs> Please yeah. get rid of the Beatles. <laughs> Bing Bing's great. Uh, Aya is also great that song fucking rules the video for that one is amazing because like it starts off looking like it's going to be some sort of glitzy party oh that's ariana's favorite oh my god and then they show up and they're all wearing like uh they're wearing like house or housekeeper uniforms yeah Yeah, like yeah bandanas (laughs) around their head and they're doing like this hyper dance music it's almost that dance is that dance is so like complicated that like other there was a show about like these girls forming a group and trying to perform that song and like it was like so difficult for them to learn that dance because it's all the complicated all the girls in that group are all from like act like real successful groups too and they like they got together to try to like they they did this it was a show called idol drama team operation where they basically had to write a show about like themselves as one group and then like one of the songs they did was that and like nobody could get it <laughs> yeah, i can imagine I, I i've watched that video and i can't understand how they're moving their arms in it uh but hell it's such a good song and so fun to listen to like that's the other thing the way like their approach to singing these songs is also extremely fun so yeah and it's like- infectious a lot of like a lot of groups have like serious lyrics or like sexy lyrics, but like Cram Pop, just the the chorus to that song is like cluck like a chicken, cluck cluck or something yeah, like do that. Do the chicken dance. And, yeah, do the chicken dance. Yeah, and there's like a comedian in the background. This guy who has like a bald head with two stripes, and he's like doing the, the guy from Avatar. He's yeah, doing dance in the background. He's doing like the bar 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 dance back there. Oh god, it was funny. Um, but I just yeah, love how they tear up the dance floor like that. Tattoos, by the way, Patrick. If what, you don't mind. When um when they announced, actually, it's funny. When my my favorite favorite group, Sistar, when they they actually just disbanded this year, and um they announced like I think the next day after Sistar disbanded that Crayon Pop was in fact not dead. Like they were just continuous four members. It almost almost made up for it. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, they can brighten any day. Like they came at a perfect time for me because I was having like a real like rough couple of weeks and yeah just listening to like a couple of their tracks was uh, an instant mood booster this was good stuff good good stuff um and the next track on here on the list was from producer primary uh with the song don't be shy that features choa from a band called aoa sorry i sound like a dad talking about these no it's okay i should mention that like yeah, a lot of this stuff is probably... AOA is the group that mentioned us by name, by the way. So they, they mentioned you by name? They mentioned me by name. They didn't what? mention the podcast, but subsequently the podcast, too. So. And oh, Iron, the guy who just got arrested for... Beating up his girlfriend. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah. That rap's pretty, pretty f- good, but I... Um, he, he did another song with one of the girls from AOA to the actual rapper from AOA, and like it sucks because I can't really listen to that song anymore because that dude sucks. I just listen to her part and then I yeah. skip the song when it goes to him. Yeah, so I think I, I can do that because the rest of the song rules. I tried to. Uh, there's another AOA song on the list, and we'll get to that one. But this song, uh, 
was kind of like the crown pop one where it like i listened to it first and um i wasn't quite sure what to expect like it sounded very reggae-ish and the yeah. the description for some of these songs are pretty interesting where it's like it has a reggae mysterious feel to it and at first it seems kind of strange to say but the video for sure this video is great it's awesome there seems to be like some sort of uh it looks like a tarot reading but then it turns out to be like a game pokemon of cards and pokemon shit. cards but it's like the roughest game of pokemon cards ever i've never played yeah, they have that like game guns and shit yeah and they like lay the guns down on the ghost. table like real hard ass style these pink magnums and then they start like levitating and there's ghosts and sheets and they're all like super chill about these ghosts being there uh and then the vocals are uh very cool this is an it, extremely it, chill song i've listened to it a couple of times i totally yeah it. it's a super fucking chill song and it's filmed like one of sean byron's ghoul movies which <laughs> i really appreciate it's what it's filmed like one of Sean Byron's ghoul movies, which oh. I really appreciate. <laughs> yeah, and I, again, I love how like complacent they are with the the spooky behavior happening around them. Like, oh yeah, that's a ghost, and they like take a Polaroid of it, and then they like burn some memorabilia up on the roof. Choa uh, just recently quit music too. Like that um, bummed me out. I looked that up because I was like, hey, once I realized what this video was, like I didn't know. I thought primary maybe a band. Or something, but I had to learn that that was like a producer. But Choa, yeah, she just stopped because of uh, you know, depression. Depression, that's rough. Yeah, it's a tough life, from what I understand. Then, like, yeah, she was just like, yeah, I kind of just don't want to do this anymore, which I really respect. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that happens. Good for her. Burn out to get out of there. Um, the next one was Hong Jin Young with Ring Ring. Now, here's an interesting thing. The song, she wrote this song. It yeah. wasn't originally written for her to sing, though. She wrote it for a comedian. And then she just produced her own version of it, too. But I like her version a lot better. Yeah. So the song is a comedic. It's about, like, I think it's about, like, a one-night stand or something. But I also just really like her version of it a lot more. And this is also another trot song, too. Gotcha. The next two are trot songs. Okay, yeah. This one, this one rules... Uh, I dug the video for this a lot, but her singing is excellent. Uh, like her performance for it is awesome, a lot of fun. And the video itself, I totally dig because it's showing like all this uh, behind the scenes style shots of stuff. And uh, it's basically just people dancing and all like they're all She's, just. Um... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just want to interject one thing the whole thing with the video is that she's a she's actually she's a singer she's actually considered like the queen of trot music in korea she's also a model and she also produces more commercials than any other like pop idol ever like she says she films like seven or eight a week that's how in demand she is so it's kind of like a play on that just to explain the background okay okay so it's like the filming process then well yeah i love yeah. like i love one of these shots is just like this open floor shot of all these different uh people all walks dancing around her to this song and it's just so fucking rad because they're all dancing in their own specific ways and they're just like getting it it is so cool how like how much fun they're having just dancing and goofing off 
and whatnot. One of the girls from Twice is obsessed with the song too. <laughs> There's like multiple videos of her like doing like a an uncle dance to it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's understandable. This is like a fun song I would imagine to dance to, as as is so shown by this video. So yeah, this was a lot of fun. Dug that. Uh, the next one is Lizzie, uh, not an easy girl. She is. This is another trot song. She's actually from that group I mentioned earlier, called, uh, Orange Caramel. Okay. And this is one of the few singles she put out solo. And I actually really, I, I actually, I like the song, but I dig the video a lot more because it's like filmed like an old like kung fu movie. It looks like an old Korean drama. Uh, I remember a friend had uh, played a few of those. And it looks like the same film quality, the same shots, all of that stuff. So it reminded me of that. Um, I'll need to revisit the song again, though, because I don't uh, It didn't stick with me as much as some of the others. But uh, neither here nor there. Still, like, a fun one to watch. I do remember watching it and having to enjoy it. Um, then there's Zico with the song Ante. Ante. Featuring- Ariana, this is yours. Yeah, it was one I picked. Uh, Featuring G Soul. I don't know who that is. (laughs) (laughs) He's a guy. He's a guy. I guess he's friends with Zeke. He's just a guy. (laughs) He's some dude. Uh, He did the singing parts, which were pretty cool, I guess. Um, Yeah, I thought this was like like from the lyrics like it's him like from the standpoint of like an anti-fan who uh Uh, are like pretty scary people who like give k-pop like idols death threats and stuff Uh, yeah they call it bomb threats to music shows and they uh like have even tried kidnapping people and it's really creepy um so he's doing it from the standpoint of one of those people which is really creepy um but uh, yeah he's just like a really expertful rapper and producer and um He's been doing a lot more producer work lately, like for Psy and like other big acts. But anyway, what oh, he's producing think? for Psy. That's a yeah. That's a quite a thing because, like, yeah, Psy was like the last, uh, aside from I guess, um, Big Bang was it or BTS? Psy was the one that really like crossed over, right? Yeah, with the Gundam style. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this video rules. Like visually, it's awesome. Uh, the song itself is very spooky. Um, so it may have been too spooky because I only checked it out the one time. As opposed to, like, I think I need more crown pop in my life for this past week. Uh, as opposed to, like, scary stuff. But I did yeah, like this one. Yeah, upbeat is definitely better all the time. <laughs> yeah, but, um, once I'm, like, uh, leveled out a bit more i'll definitely check this one out again because i did like it i don't remember the singing part that much though i remember more of his rap of uh zico's rap so i'll have to check that out again um next up was wonder girls i feel you man uh, i, I fucking vi- love this video so much this video is super suggestive uh <laughs> yeah it is but <laughs> but i love like again go- like the uh the Lizzie video, this one reminds me of like good parts of the eighties because it looks like it's all shot on, uh, well, yeah, videotape. It has this weird faded quality to it, tracking issues, and 
the sound is also very 80s sounding like it sounds uh like um janet jackson maybe yeah I or can like see whitney that. houston it reminds me of bananarama too kind of like cruel summer oh okay yeah um i imagine this kind of goes in with like a lot of these last ones remind me of uh minneapolis sound like prince and everybody that prince influenced or mentored uh so i imagine that plays a part of it too there's a familiarity to me or at least what i was aware of growing up of like 80s pop so this was uh this fit in quite well with it and yeah these they're all like young good-looking people so what's not to love (laughs) the video starts off this is what i remember about it the video starts off with like I guess one of the members like unzipping her jean shorts and then the camera just zooms into her zooms vagina in and transitions to the next scene. I'm like, that's, that's pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess that really says it all. Um, so next up is twice. And this is TT. I didn't get what was going on here. Uh, cause I am an old man, I, but I still don't get what's going on there. <laughs> I, I, I think it's an emoji thing because they keep doing like the T's under their eyes. Yeah, I know that's a the big teaser, thing. The teaser are tears. They each it's have like two, sad. it's like some, I think their, their shtick is that they're aliens. Yeah. And they each have like two Halloween costumes. I, I don't fucking know. They have a Halloween. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, Halloween it's really, costume. it's really visual. Yeah. <laughs> the video the itself. Visual. Yeah, yeah. For the video itself, like, it reminded me of, uh, I just assumed that they were, like, all people in a haunted house. And one of them loved to drink up, dress up as Tinkerbell. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was rad. It was a very cool looking video. Um, the song wasn't as memorable, so I, I don't know why it didn't stick. Uh, you said this one was, like, the one that got you, uh, Patrick, right? Yeah, this is kind of the hook, line, and sinker for me, aside from Bar, Bar, Bar. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I have a Twice poster behind my head right now, in fact, so... <laughs> the concept sounds really cool, too. I Again, they're really uh, going for it by saying, like, you're not just aliens. You're aliens who love Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, that video is the most viewed uh, video by a girl, a Korean girl group ever. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they just beat out a Girls' Generation video this year. They're pretty much like the most popular girl group. Oh, oh my. Okay, so 248 million views. That doesn't seem like a lot for like American music videos, but I mean for Korean music videos, like that's four times their population. So yeah, that seems like a lot for American music videos anymore. Yeah. That's the other... that was like a dead dead media to America. Yeah, that's what's so fascinating about some of these. Um, and this one's no different because like each girl has a different set behind her and like a different look. Uh, so yeah, this video is a lot of fun. It'll be really great around Halloween. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, there. oh, like for it's, sure. It's built around the idea like two kids go up trick-or-treating at this house. Like, they just want some children. candy. They're going to have no interest in this bullshit. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's like... Here comes your treat. It's a song from this band, and the kids—they're enthralled. They love it. So just at the end, they're like, "Is there no candy after that?" Yeah, yeah. Well, it continues. There's still more to go. This is there's like, a 
Yeah. They have another video called Knock Knock, which continues off of this, but it's not like a Halloween themed. It's like a slumber party theme. Oh, okay. okay. But they, they're they're pretty innocent concept wise. I mean, like they're they're, they're a band they're that's safe. they're a band that's like mostly popular with teenage girls. Yeah, like okay. that's their that's their audience. No, they have so. a big male audience too. It's mostly teenage girls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dudes like them too. Uh, I'm not a teenage girl. <laughs> Feminine All right, risk, so like comment. Um, it's time for you to break my heart, Jason. AOA's what did you think attack. of AOA's heart attack? Uh, yeah, this was okay. This wasn't my favorite. Uh, um, Taking off, <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially because this has that musician Choa in it. Yes, and, it does. <laughs> okay, I right, see. This is more of like, yeah, like I dug. Um, don't be shy that song she did with primary because of the sound of it and like the real uh neat aesthetic of the video where it's like hey there's ghosts oh well we're chill about this situation in this one it's doing a story about like different teams on like they're playing is it soccer or lahai i can't i think it's lacrosse and they're fucking terrible at it yeah they're playing lacrosse that's right they're the worst lacrosse team on the planet so yeah, but they're they're giving it their all, and one of them likes uh, one of the boys on the other team. This was fine. Like, I, this was more of those talking about uh, with pop music I was familiar with. Um, but I'll check out their other stuff. I mean, I'm so I'm so excited to go through Sarah's list because almost all the songs on her list are just like Heart Attack. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Um, all right, we could skip Ice Chew because we already talked about that. So it's great. I'll be watching it right after this, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's talk about Goo Goo Dawn's "A Girl Like Me," which is still currently my favorite song of the year. It was my favorite song when we went over the mid-year releases, and I think it's still my favorite song now. Yeah, yeah, this uh, song rules. This uh, is Goo Goo Dawn in its full form um, with all nine members. This is—it's interesting because all their other songs are actually kind of lousy. And then, like, they came out with this, and I completely fell in love with it. So what did you think, Jason? Yeah, this one's uh, rad all around. The song is great. Like, it's a pop song I can totally get behind. Uh, And the way the video is shot, where it's all these different art kit aesthetics, like, there's... I don't know how to explain or encapsulate, but there's, like, uh, each one's engrossed in a particular modern art form whether it's like mixed media or some it, it's the video. whole thing is a and play on like, of narcissism yeah too. and then one's like in a vaporwave video like she's on the set of a vaporwave video with like a a neon yellow bust of a statue and like this that's say jong she's my favorite purple and pink checkerboard She's the patron saint of this podcast. So. She's the patron saint of Vaporwave. I yeah. totally dug how, <laughs> how they addressed like all these specific niche parts. And uh and yeah, this song especially reminded me of uh like a Sheila E song. Like especially when it gets to the chorus. It sounds like glamorous life. It's like there's there's an american song called uh don't you by the pussycat dolls that i think this song actually ripped off beat wise because they sound exactly alike and that yeah. came out like 2003 
And that Pussycat Doll song K-pop was like a Sir like Mix-a-Lot song. That one was like a, a previous Sir Mix-a-Lot song that also sounded like the Sheila E. song from 1988. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's pop music. It eats itself. Like When I was talking about how selling, like, you sell, like, personalities, like, the reason why Sejong's my favorite is not because I think she's very cute even though I do think she's very cute, but because, like, personality-wise, she's, like, in real life a total slob, and, like, she has, like, this sort of, like, horse voice where she talks like an older man and stuff, which I think is really adorable. Okay. Yeah, all right. So you go, like, you go beyond this, and do you look at their Insta- You look at their Instagrams and stuff? Like, Yeah, of course. That's the only thing that's on my Instagram, because I don't, I don't really want to see what people are having for breakfast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well... I don't know if I'd ever be like... She's an interesting character. That's what I like about her. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm still like... I think I'm purely just blown away by the music quality of some of this stuff. The production, uh, the release of some of this stuff, how they still do music videos that are entertaining. Like, all that stuff is uh, good, good enough for me. I could definitely get into this from this list. Uh but just by those qualities. So where would I go from here? What would be the next? Um, what would be the next say, music that I should look at? or I would say Dal Shabit. You don't even uses. listen to Dal Shabit. Well, I was just repeating what you were saying. Uh, Orange Caramel, especially because you like uh, Ice Chew a lot. That would Tiara. Be like Tiara, which is one of my favorite groups. Sistar. Well, you already know Sistar. Sistar is my favorite group in general. Um Oh, here's the thing. Shit. You haven't mentioned one band that was discussed in that thread where you were bringing up the surveys. And it was one that was on, like, I think it was Sarah's list. But it was uh, the song Ice Cream Cake by Red Velvet. Oh, yeah, Red Velvet. And that, like was, Velvet. that was I'm the song. Scott Velvet. loves that song, by the way. Border Boss fucking endorsed that song immediately. <laughs> I saw that because I was checking out my list and I was like, what are they listening to also? I told you about this before. Because I was... Wait. At this point, I was digging, like, uh, again, like, I was in my early throes of Crown pop Uh so I wasn't aware that I was, like, so into that band. The, the brain parasite hadn't <laughs> yeah. itself quite as apparent yet. <laughs> it hadn't, like, laid its eggs yet. So uh, I was listening to Don't Be Shy, and I was like, I wonder if there's something, like, I'm missing with this. And I listened to Ice Cream Cake, and I think I, like threw the earbuds out of my ears and was stunned. Like I had no idea what I was listening to. It was it's that a, shocking. Like I yeah, cannot man, believe that music like that good. exists. In a good way or a bad way? <laughs> uh, good. No, exceedingly good because I've returned to that song probably, well, all of Red Velvet stuff, like anything they made a video for, I checked out because I was like, wait a second, what's their other stuff like? And thankfully, like they just had another release that, uh, uh, red f- feeling flavor. flavor. Red, red flavor. flavor. Excuse me, I was distracted for a second. But yeah, red flavor is ah uh, like all their songs are so damn complex. Like I return to them, I'm hearing something different each time about all of the uh, track layers, how they're <gasps> singing about different stuff, the raps that they do. That's uh yeah, knock my socks off. I was yeah, blown I, away. So, like, Ice Cream Cake was something that I was, like, telling other people about who had nothing to do with this experiment that you're doing. I'm like, have you heard this? Do you know what this is? 
please listen to this and like tell yeah, me dude, if I'm insane. Ice cream cake for... is fucking really good. Like this is like the best possible turnout. Yeah, seriously, this is my this is my hypothesis like coming true. I'm excited to hear what border uh, border boss has to say too because he said he, there's a lot of bangers on his list. Cool. I haven't heard anything from Murphy yet, which have, makes me a little. I have nervous, one more to so. recommend. Uh, Rainbow. Oh yeah, Rainbow. I've never heard Rainbow. of them, but I'm just repeating. Okay. <laughs> just repeating me. Uh, <laughs> they kind of they kind of like have that like cran pop ish vibe what's that one the zzz song um that's lime so yeah check them out because that song's pretty quirky too like uh like ice chew yeah red velvet's fucking super good like i like almost all their songs ariana's not a big fan of them hey you like Like, what you like but that was like to me that's the the premier flagship thing for getting people on board with this stuff because i like again in my that was my hook i was just like what is this because it's like five or eight different things happening at once and it interweaves so fucking seamlessly i don't get it like so many pop bands here have tried to do production like that and it just doesn't come out they're like no we'll just separate it we'll do that part first and then we'll get to this part and we'll build and build and then we'll get and they're just like fuck it we're gonna have this video game noise and then we're gonna have like this arena rock (laughs) There's gonna be an audience for no reason. Yeah, buttons all over the place. Yeah, and it's 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 funny because Ariana told me that um, before I really like got into K-pop that one of her friends likes K-pop because it's very wholesome. Mm. And one of the first songs I remember listening to was "Ice Cream Cake" by Red Velvet. I was just like, (laughs) "This "This song." Yeah, I was like, "This song is a hundred percent about eating pussy." Like, I have no idea what your friends talking about. I I read the lyrics to that. I'm not. I'm not sure if that's the route for the, it. Like it's the it's the original. Us, though. <laughs> yeah, but the original chorus was "It's so tasty, come and taste me." So I'm kind of thinking <laughs> that got changed for obvious reasons. So <laughs> oh, okay. Well, no, I mean they still sing that. Like, but yeah, it's uh, or come and chase me, wasn't it? Or is that yeah, what you're no, saying changed? Come and, it's come and chase me, but it was changed to that from come and taste me. Oh, uh, okay. All right, yeah, that's what I thought it was at first. <laughs> I was surprised that was not that. I mean, more power to them if they want to write songs about Cunnilingus, but I just they didn't, mean like they, they, I don't think I, I don't think, think they know. What it's I think about. a lot of the time the songwriter pulls one over on girl groups. Like yeah, that. there's there's um, this group called Stellar, and one of their big songs was called Vibrato, which is. Um, oh yeah, you're well, talking about that in your last steps, yeah. And they said in an interview, they're like, we just flat out had no idea what like the innuendo was to that and it's there's like a part in the music video where they're like drinking milk and it's like dribbling down their chins and stuff and it's like yeah songwriters tend to pull one over on these chicks so that's a bummer anyway so that wraps up your list i would say this has been a pretty big success yeah do you do you have a number one favorite out of all of them who are you asking me yeah i'm asking you oh well yeah it's probably going to be bing bing okay Uh, that was yeah. uh yeah sure. return to that one a lot it's great <laughs> well if you ever want any more recommendations by all means I'll, i'd be more than willing to send you whatever i'll contact the all kill cast for all my yeah, k-pop listening needs <laughs> thanks guys for including me in episode we've ever done yeah this has been three times the length of a normal all kill cast <laughs> well i i i'm curious what uh what next guest sarah and scott will have then since they had over 400 they had 400 hours of k-pop music recommended to them maybe that's why i haven't heard from sarah yet yeah <laughs> she's still, I need she's to still listening. <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> just crying from frustration. Why did he give me so many songs? Well, I'm thinking she probably has another week because we probably won't have them on next week, but the week after. Yeah. I'm thinking about separating their episodes now because uh, I just realized how long it takes to go through one of these. But uh, I guess that wraps it up for tonight. Um, Jason, it's been a pleasure to have you on, and I would love to have you on anytime you'd like. Um, I do get the privilege of being with you every two weeks on what podcast is that? The Blind Podsman, a Zatwichi podcast. Uh, that's where Patrick and I talk about the Chambara series of Zatuichi films, the longest running uh, single character film franchise probably in all of film history, next to El Santos, uh, which is untouchable. But Zatuichi goes for the gold, and we are uh, a little over two thirds of the way through now. So yep, we um, just did an episode on Blind Fury, which. Uh, had a lot of revelations about that movie that neither of us thought we were going to see going in. So. Yeah, so check out check out that terror <laughs> at, a, at the Blind We just Hodgman. recorded that episode, so Jason and I have effectively been Skyping for like four hours now. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with it, though. I enjoy hearing your voice. I like talking to you. Ariana, always a pleasure. Yes, indeed. Um, and, um, yeah, I guess, uh, should I plug Jason- you? Jason just took care of my one plug, so that worked. So, um, what about you, Ariana? No. Anything you want to plug, Jason? Jason just plugged. (laughs) Oh, PPR. Yeah, PPR. That's that's what I was thinking at. I forgot about Parker. Pool Party Radio is my other podcast, aside from Blind Podsman. Um, I'm going to get Parker on this motherfucker one day. Hey, what? I'm going to get Parker on this motherfucker one day. (laughs) Yeah, just... Good choreographed videos. That that's will be the hook. I guarantee it. Yeah, that's Maybe for sure. Oof. All right. Okay. So for the uh, all kill cast for PPR for the blind podsman for Jason for Ariana, I bid you all a good night.